Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is Beyond a doubt, the most popular prayer we have in the Orthodox Church is the Lord's Prayer. And we find it recorded in the Gospel in two places. In Matthew, where St. Matthew says, when you pray, pray like this. And in the Gospel of St. Luke, where St. Luke says, when you pray, say these words. In other words, it's pretty precise. And it's the, it's the prayer that's favorite, and we show how important it is by putting it just before Holy Communion. And so that's another uh, indication of how significant it is. But you know, I must tell you that I have a great problem with it. There's one line that makes me feel so uneasy. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. When I hear that, something inside of me says, no, don't forgive me that way. Lord, forgive me the way you forgive, because I know that I'm in for it if, I, if he forgives me only as much as I forgive. How difficult it is to forgive. It's the hardest of all the commandments that Christ gives us. About 20 years ago, I remember there's something on television it was the evening news, and it was the story of a man in Seattle. His daughter was one of many young women who had been murdered by a serial killer. And finally, they captured the killer, and after years of litigation, finally the man was sentenced to death. And the news reporters went out and shoved a microphone under, under the father's mouth said, what do you think of the verdict? And the old man said, you know, I feel sorry for this individual. But as a Christian, I believe in an eye for an eye. I was horrified. I thought, you've got it wrong. As much as my heart bleeds for this poor father who lost his daughter in such a gruesome manner, that's not the message that we Christians have. Rather, we're told that we must forgive. But what makes it so hard for us to forgive? Certainly, we can point to our own pride. We can, appoint, we can approach our own weakness, our sinfulness. Sometimes a hurt that's done to us is so horrific and so dreadful that it takes years and years for us to finally get up the courage to finally be able to say, I forgive. Too often we feel that we're justified in our hatred or our anger. One question that I've been confronted with is how can I forgive someone who doesn't repent? You know, if we're going to wait for someone to repent, we may wait a long time. Because the problem is that too often when we sin, we don't really appreciate the sin. And so we look at something as a great insult, as a great hurt, and the other person goes on with his life. 
He's not even aware that he's done anything wrong. For you to hook him up to a, to a um, lie detector, he'd tell you that he hadn't done, I haven't offended that person. I don't know why they're upset. You know, too often, too often we spend years angry, upset, and accusing the person who hurt us way back when. But you know, in the course of three, four years, we change. And not only do we change, but the person who offended us change. I mean, sometimes we, we pass the mirror in the hall and we begin to rehearse the speech that we should have given. Oh, the next time, the next time he, she says this, I'm going to come back with, you know, it takes us a long time to come up with a perfect answer, the perfect put down. But what's happened is that the, the second, the second ch chance never comes up. Just as we've changed in the three years, the person we've been angry with has changed. And so here we are wasting our time hating someone who no longer exists. That's the irony of the situation and how we have to give up and how we have to pray to God to give us strength to be able to forgive. When Christ was on the cross, he forgave the Roman soldiers. He forgave the Jewish elders who had, had conspired together to put him on the cross. He didn't wait for them to repent because if he had done that, he would have been just as bad as the people who had condemned him to the cross. No, instead he willingly forgave. And he sets an example for us of how we are to behave. The most important gospel commandment is the commandment to love. In fact, the scriptures define Christ, define God as love. God is love. And you think, oh my heavens, isn't that significant? Isn't that important uh, for us? Jesus says, the new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I've loved you, that you also must love one another. By this all men will know that you're my, you're my disciples if you've loved one for another. All followers of Christ are to forgive the way he did. And true love, like God's love, extends even to our enemies. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, we're told. Saint, Saint Cosmos Atiliatos, who lived during the era when the, when the Turks uh, controlled Greece and when they were being particularly nasty and harmful towards the Christians, he said, if someone insults me, if he kills my mother, if he kills my father, if he kills my siblings, it's my duty. And then if he gouges my eyes out, he said, it's my duty to forgive him. We who are Orthodox, we who are pious Christians ought to love our enemies and forgive them. We ought to offer them food and drink and entreat God for their souls. Then we should say, my God, I beg you, forgive me 
as I've forgiven my enemies. We had that splendid example of Christ. He asks his disciples to forgive each other as he loves them. But he knows, he knows according to the Gospel of St. John that within hours, Peter will, Peter will betray him and that the others will desert him. And yet what does he say? Let not your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. He still talks to others. When he appears to them after the resurrection, he doesn't berate them. He doesn't say, how could you possibly do this to me? He says, peace be with you. Imagine. Imagine what an example our Lord sets before us. We're told in the Gospels that we must forgive our enemies even up to 70 times 7. Now this has two meanings for us. The first is, if I step on your foot 490 times, you have to forgive me. But sometimes for the one time I stepped on your foot, you have to forgive me 490 times. Because forgiveness is always ongoing. Satan is in charge of that instant replay machine. I'm dating myself, but the old, the old um, tape recorders used to have that as a feature where you could go back and replay the, the, the scene that you were just saw or on sportscasts, they would always give you a review, uh, preview, they'd always give you uh, a reminder of the play that had just been made. Well, Satan does that to us. We're walking down the street, it's a beautiful day, the birds are singing, the sun is bright, and suddenly we remember this horrible thing that happened to us. Either a physical attack, a spiritual attack, or a verbal attack. Filled with wrath, filled with bitterness. But this is not the way we're meant to live. A good idea, a good vision of how we are to forgive is the dandelion. Imagine you've got the perfect yard, but in the very center of the yard is one dandelion, a very healthy dandelion. And you want to get rid of it, well, you don't believe in using sprays. I, mean, I know of certain priests would even spray gas on such a thing. But you don't want to do that. You want you want to get rid of this dandelion, and so you go out with your knife and you cut it down. Well, you know what happens. Within two days, another flower. And so you go out again and you cut it down because you know once that flower goes to blossom, you're going to have a yard full of dandelions. And so you keep on going out every two days and you cut it down, you cut it down, you cut it down. with anger and hatred because we wear it down, we wear it down. And finally, the petals that can no longer support sending up flowers and we're free. And so we look upon forgiveness as a process. Yes, it may take time, but we can do it. And as you cut it down, you say, blessed be the name of the Lord. 
God forgive them, blessed be your name. Because that's the last thing Satan wants to have us say. And so therefore, if he says, you know, every time I bother this, this, this priest, he comes and he says, blessed is your name, and I don't want him to say that. And so eventually he'll go on to a different target in our lives. Now, what are the indications or the signs that we truly have forgiven someone? The first is that we don't seek revenge. The Lord says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. If there's anything that's not balanced, God will take care of it. We don't have to worry about it. We should always let the person who offended us save face. We shouldn't divulge what he did to others because this would be to punish. We shouldn't make them feel guilty. We should pray that they be blessed and not held to account. If we, if we do this, these are all indications that truly we've been able to forgive that individual. If we do this, we'll do what God wants us to do. And our blessings will multiply and exceed expectations. Finally, the greater the hurt, the greater the blessings that are ours. Forgiveness is the road to prayer, inner peace, and acceptance by God. May his name be praised and glorified forever. Amen.